have a syphilis thing I want to show you. <laughs> oh, good, because I just started recording. <laughs> but now I have to leave. Okay, bye. Bye. Only Alexis time now. Goodbye forever. Just me and my show. It's hysterical history with just Alexis. No, Haley. You like a ghost? I could get you a ghost. Like a goyost? A goyost? <laughs> That's a very good joke. Thanks. Uh, so there's, I saw on Twitter, there's this tweet by uh, Lindsay Fitzharris, Dr. Lindsay Fitz, okay. Dr. Lindsay Fitz. Uh, and they posted a pewter syringe from 1711 recovered from the shipwreck of the Queen Anne's Revenge, famed pirate Blackbeard's stolen flagship. The urethral syringe contained mercury, which most likely treated pirates aboard ailing from syphilis. And it has a nice little picture. Oh, that's nasty. (laughs) That's nasty. It's like metal and all beat up. (laughs) I mean, it has been on the bottom of the ocean. It's fair, but it's nasty. Oh, someone just said, uh, oh, well, never mind. Okay. That's not true. (laughs) No, it's almost... It's like, oh, I just listened to a podcast, but it wasn't our podcast. Oh, I'm like, well, oh, oh bleh. well, never mind. <laughs> We're not going to promote other people's podcasts. Oh. Only me. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of which, hello, welcome, Hysterical History Podcast. Hello. I'm Alexis. Hey, And this is a comedy history podcast. You're probably laughing already. 60% comedy, 40% history. At the best. At at the best of times. <laughs> or the worst of times. Worse or better. <laughs> you decide. Anyway, welcome. <laughs> you got the beat. You got the beat. beat. Yeah. Ghost got the beat. Ghost got the beat. <laughs> Today we're talking about ghosts. We're not. <gasps> oh. It'd be amazing if we were. Mm-hmm. But we are talking about dead people who might be ghosts. <laughs> Pre-ghosts. <laughs> I mean, they could be ghosts. I don't think they are ghosts. He's pretty old. He could be a ghost. I think ghosts come, like, out of dead people. These people could be ghosts. Dead people aren't already ghosts. I would say this person's so old that they could be a ghost already. Oh, and, like, yeah, that's fair. Like, they died a while ago, so they could be a ghost. Yeah, like, um, yeah, we, yeah, we watched the Democratic debates yesterday, and... (laughs) I think, like, half the people on the stage were ghosts. They're pre-ghosts, definitely. <laughs> They're definitely pre-ghosts. And then that woman on the end is, like, possessed by a ghost, I think. She's I don't know. Talk. She has a ghost in her ear. Yeah. <laughs> it tells her all the secrets of the universe. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. So, great. <laughs> yeah, you're, great. you. I, I'm sad that we can't all watch the debates together because, really, it's just us yelling at the television the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Just yelling. Just, and laughing because... Oh, gosh, some people. And then us being like, you know who won this debate? Rachel Maddow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And she tells everyone to shut up. She's like, thank you for not shutting up. Uh, What I told you to. I told you to shut up. (laughs) had one job. To the audience. To the audience. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Thank you for not doing what I asked. Come on. Come on. Oh, so before we start, I want to say thank you to Amanda Green, who wrote a mental floss article that was very useful to me for this. And um, I'll mention another website later that was useful, but the name of it is spoilery, so I don't want to say yet. Thank you, Comrade Green. Yes, you're doing great. And uh, I also wanted to um, mention someone else, but I will do it again in a minute, because spoilery. Okay. So, on October 22nd, 
1730. Mm-hmm. There's an article posted in the Pennsylvania Gazette. Uh-oh. We're, we're, uh-oh. And it describes a witch trial mm. that happened on Mount Holly near Burlington, New Jersey. Oh. Of course, it's in New Jersey. <laughs> uh. Uh-oh. Uh. Uh, over 300 people apparently gathered to witness uh, the trial of two people, a man and a woman, uh-huh. who had been charged with witchcraft. Uh, yeah, of course. Charges include making their neighbors sheep dance in an uncommon manner. Uh, making their neighbors sheep dance? Ma- their neighbors sheep. The sheep that belong to their neighbors. Okay, because in my mind it was like <laughs> they made their neighbors do a sheep dance. Dance like a sheep. Dance like a sheep. I'm like, okay. Oh, sheep dance. What, what is the sheep dance? Please someone send us a video of a sheep dance. And with causing hogs to speak and sing psalms, which, dude, pigs singing psalms is terrifying. <laughs> Uh, oh. And to the great terror and amazement of the king's good and peaceable subjects in this province. Oh, and like, and other stuff. And other things that would make the king unhappy. <laughs> the king would be very upset. <laughs> and I'm like, would he? He's crazy. Like, medically insane. <laughs> Is it still George III? I think in 1730, I think. Well, maybe not. Might be somebody earlier. Who can say? I mean, yeah. Hard to know. Hard to know. He probably is, though, even if it's someone earlier. Yeah. Uh, It's in the blood, don't you know? It's in the blood. Uh, So the two people who are going to be tested were going to be given two tests. Mm -hmm. They're going to be weighed on a scale against a Bible. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And if they're heavier than a Bible, (laughs) they're not a witch. Okay. I don't understand that one. And then the second test, they're going to be tied and thrown into a body of water. (laughs) If they float, then they're a witch. They're a duck. (laughs) But if they sink, then they die, and also they weren't a witch. Oh, my gosh. Hooray. It's it's like, who came up with these? (laughs) It's a good question. This is... The law says we put them on a giant <laughs> It's what scale. we have to do. If they weigh the same as a duck. <laughs> no, then... they weigh more than a Bible. <laughs> they're a Bible. <laughs> they're a witch. Right. I think there were, uh, you know, jokes about this specifically perhaps in Monty Python. Uh-huh. So the man and the woman really want to prove that they're not witches. Because mm-hmm. if they are, they got problems. And so they're like, let's do it. But they're also like, hey. We should have a control test. <laughs> so they want two of the accusers that's, to do it, too. That's unusually smart of them. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, two of the accusers need to do it, too, mm-hmm. if we're going to do it. Yeah. And they say, okay. I'm amazed they agree. They're confident that they're not witches. I, Let's do it. I was pretty sure witch trials <laughs> were just a ploy to kill people. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> they were, like, designed to fail. But they're like, we got this. We can do it. We just. I'm clearly I, not a witch. <laughs> like, uh, this, I mean, it's uh, kind of a brilliant gambit, too, because then if they don't want to do it, it makes people be like, well, what if they're a witch? And that's why they won't do it. Yeah. So, like, it's real smart. Uh-huh. I'm impressed. Mm. Um, so they all get placed on the scale one at a time. And on the other side is a real heavy Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's really heavy. Real heavy. Yeah. Like, with rocks attached to it. <laughs> uh, but they all pass the test. Whew. Yeah, they're Amazing. all heavier than a book. So far, all heavier than the heaviest Bible we could find, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not like 200 pounds, so doesn't no. matter. I mean, you can get really big Bibles, you know, that are illuminated and sure. have like really big like bindings. But they don't weigh but... enough to be heavier than an adult. Uh, 
No, you'd have to work really hard. There's no way like this little town in America has a, no. that, a Bible. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. 1730. <laughs> has a Bible that big. <laughs> so the next test, they're all bound, stripped, and the well, the women are allowed to wear their shifts, though. Got to keep them modest. Oh, okay. Men are naked. Women, slight clothing. Get your peens out. But also, like, they're going to be in the water, and I'm assuming their shifts are white, so, like, does it matter? It's just more tantalizing. Yeah, I guess. Um, and they're thrown into the nearby mill pond. One of the accusers, a very thin man, it says, Oh, no. Sinks immediately. He goes right to the bottom. Goodbye. <laughs> He's not a witch. Nope. Bye. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other accuser, a woman, uh, begins to panic when she does not sink. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then she asks if she can be dunked to facilitate the sinking. No. That's uh, cheating. <laughs> the quote from the article says that she believed the accused had bewitched her to make her so light that she would be a ducked again a hundred times, but she would duck the devil out of her. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> if that's allowed, then you should be allowed to dunk the... Actually, everyone else. Everyone else. Exactly. Like, you can't get special treatment. Mm-hmm. Just because you're floating because you're a woman. That's probably why you're floating. Yeah. Because women just have more fat in general. Fat floats. That's right. That's why tiny, thin pencil man already drown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, there is the accused man um, is also floating, and he is nervous now since the other guy sank. (laughs) And he says, if I am a witch, it is more than I know. No. I can be a witch, but I don't know it. (laughs) What an honest answer. He's like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I'm not a witch on purpose. I don't know. Oh, weird. Uh, But some of the spectators are like, I mean, anybody would try to swim if they were thrown into the water. So they'd get all the people out. (laughs) (laughs) What? And they decide that the women's shifts might have helped them float. So they're like, let's do it again. They'll be naked when it's warmer. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) People in Jersey are, like, really, really bored, Uh, I think. Well, it reminds me, because this is in 1730, which is quite late to do this. It's, like, embarrassingly late. It's a little late. What are you Um, doing? It kind of reminds me of, like, when you talk about vampire stuff, like, quite late in America. I'm like, this is pretty late to be, like, they're vampires. (laughs) If anyone heard what you were doing, they'd be like, what is happening? (laughs) They'd be like, come on, New Jersey. Holy balls. You did what? (laughs) It just reminds me of Hamilton. Everything's legal in New Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. And this account, everybody, all the people in Philadelphia who read this, because the Pennsylvania Gazette are like, what? Because they're city folk and they They, have a problem with it. They're doing what? Um, And it soon gets reprinted in a British newspaper, the Gentleman's Gazette. Gets over the pond that (laughs) we're doing this to people. That's not great for our uh, image. They're like, you see how crazy they are? Right. When the Salem witch trials were 38 years earlier. I mean, yikes. It's like a whole, at least one generation ago, possibly two. Um... And after that, people didn't really talk about it anymore. How could they not talk about it anymore? (laughs) Until the late 19th century, uh, John Bach McMaster uh, cited it as a satirical work of Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) Oh, no. It's not real. It's a hoax. How could it be real? And today we're going to talk about Benny Franks (laughs) being a rake. Uh, so this isn't like a—I'm not going to do a comprehensive episode about everything about Benjamin Franklin because it's too much, my mm-hmm. dude. He wrote so many letters, and 
papers and things. Um, but today we're going to talk about his hoaxes, and then we're going to talk about his sexy times, okay. which are the things that make him who he is in American consciousness. Who he is. Who he is. We're going to talk about his fashions. No. Well. That'll be, that. I mean, there's lots of more episodes that can be made about Benjamin Franklin. He was a man of fashion. <laughs> but the reason I want to talk about him, too, is because when we post this, it'll be two days before uh, Independence Day. Oh, okay. So, happy Fourth of July. Here yeah. to hear about your favorite founding father, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. He's on the money, but he wasn't a president. But he's still on the biggest bill we have. <laughs> Who's that man? Good for you. Benny Franks. Benny Franks. So, yeah, he is a hoax <laughs> that he wrote, which makes it make more sense. Yeah. Because uh, it's like, yeah, there are weird events. Like when you're like, why would they, do, why would the accusers do it too? And it's like, because it's not real. <laughs> that, that's weird that they would do that. And they're all like, let's just do it later. It's like, no one would do this. What? Um, uh, it's scary because it's plausible, though. Yes. They would do this. Yeah. Someone. They just wouldn't be so reasonable about it. Someone would do this. Um. But obviously he's making fun of Puritans, uh, which he is like, I, I mean, really shows you at that point you're allowed to make fun of Puritans. Yeah. So it's like fun to do at the time. I feel like we've always been allowed to make fun of Puritans. I mean, I agree, but like he does it with no concern that anyone's going to think <laughs> anything about it. Yeah. The rest of the world's been making fun of Puritans for ages. They're like, they're weird. And they I mean, me uncomfortable. what a great fake news story that like he got the British to reprint it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you have to feel so good about your yourself oh man you're like freaking losers like learn something pay attention and people think that this is a satirical work specifically by benjamin franklin because he owned the pennsylvania gazette Mm. so probably and he wrote all the time under pseudonyms uh just to make it seem like his paper was doing better than it was (laughs) like people were writing in all the time oh all these readers oh man everybody wants to talk to me (laughs) i just love him because just there's so many things I learned about him from doing research for this that I'm like, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the other the other website I wanted to mention was hoaxes.org, where I got oh, some of this yeah. information. Um, and also, uh, the book is called, that I read, it's called Sex and the Founding Fathers, The American Quest for a Relatable Past by Thomas A. Foster. Okay. And it's got different chapters about different founding fathers. I only read the chapter about Benjamin Franklin because okay. that's all I care about. But he has an episode about, or not an episode, he has a chapter about Governor Morris, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Amorous <laughs> Balcony. Hey, hey. You have to. Um, but everyone forgets him, so I'm like, I love that you know who my dude is, and you were like, he deserves his own chapter. <laughs> so I will, I will check the book out eventually and read all of it because I want to hear about everybody's sexy past. Mm-hmm. It's got Washington in there, Hamilton, obviously. It's got Jefferson in there. Mm-hmm. Nasty man. Na- that's nasty. <laughs> He's nasty. You're nasty. Gross. And some people think that he didn't write that satirical witch trial situation, but like, probably. But I guess historians argue about it. Historians like to do that. Well, and there's a thing, too, where, like, Benjamin Franklin, he'll do a lot of things where he'll do a hoax, and he won't admit to it for, like, 30 years. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he'll be like, yeah, I did that. Oh, that thing? Yeah, Oh, I yeah, did. that was me. I did that. Yeah, that was me. Gosh, that was ages ago. Right. When he gets, when he gets old, he's just like, yeah, that was me. Yeah, um, I did that. I don't think they have any proof that he admitted to this, but, like, it's in his own paper. Uh-huh. So what? If, even if he didn't do it, he was just like, yes. Really excited. He approved of it. To spread this fake news. You thought fake news was new? No. Benjamin Franklin Mm -hmm. invented fake news in America. (laughs) Probably. So he's born in Boston in 1706. Mm, So now you know how old he is. 
No, I don't. I can't do math. <laughs> uh, I mean, not at the time. I don't mm-hmm. care. I mean, at the time, he's what? I, don't, I can't do math either. In, 17 to 6. <laughs> in my brain, he's just dead o'clock. It doesn't he's, matter how old he When is. that happens, he's 24. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a 24. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. He's young, Benny Franks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's weird because they talk about how, you know, in the Sex and the Founding Fathers book, specifically about Benjamin Franklin and how people in America find him incredibly relatable comparatively to most founding fathers. Yeah. Despite the fact that he is the oldest and... But, you know, probably the most British, technically, mm-hmm. of the founding fathers. Right. He's He's been in a British colony longer than everybody 100%. else. 100%. Um, and he's benefiting from the British a lot more than some people are, uh, from, like, his family and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. He's not actually started from the bottom. Now he's here like Drake, but neither did Drake, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense still because yeah, they're both privileged. Legless Tom or something? <laughs> Wheelchair Jimmy. <laughs> Legless Tom. He has legs. They just don't work. Oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, that's the only, like, date information I really wanted to give you just so you know how old he is for the rest of the story <laughs> for what we're talking about him. I immediately forgot the dates. What are the dates again? He was born in 1706. Okay. And our first uh, hoax that we had was 1730, so he's 24 then. Yeah. And... I have a quote from Walter Isaacson, who's a historian, and he says, Benjamin Franklin is the founding father who winks at us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what people like. He's, like, self-aware. He knows what genre he's in. Yeah. Paul Zoll, who is also a historian, says, if Washington was the father of this country, uh, Franklin was their foxy grandpa. (laughs) He's, like, the fun uncle. Foxy grandpa. Foxy grandpa. It's so funny. I can't handle it. Um... And then those are the quotes from, like, the sexy book. So mm-hmm. later we'll talk about his sexcapades. Because uh, when I was reading that book, they talked to people who, like, work at places, you know, like, like Benjamin Franklin's old home and stuff, where they, you know, he's the main exhibit there. And uh, they're, like, they're, like, almost all the questions I get are about his sexual escapades. Almost <laughs> all of them. Uh Yeah. They're like, but what about what about the woman he got pregnant? Is it, uh, you know, his illegitimate child? And then what about his what? But he was married, but he's not married. And then what about his French girlfriends? What about them? <laughs> we need to watch the, real slutty? the Office episode where they have yeah. <laughs> the Benjamin Franklin uh, uh-huh. impersonator. impersonator come in yeah. for the bachelorette party. It's incredible. It's like it's, He's also so good at it. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's so funny. <laughs> and he's like, and the, the actor who's playing him is so good at it. I was like, he's killing it. And he, like, knows his stuff because when Dwight's like, you're not really Mm -hmm. Benjamin Franklin, he's like, ask me any any questions. Uh, Prove it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 99% sure that man is not Benjamin Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) Not 100. Not not 100, Dwight. Uh, But but what the women ask him, you know, Pam and Karen are both grilling him about his French girlfriends Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And he's just like, and doesn't answer. He just is like, anyway. Anyway. (laughs) Moving on. Um, So we're going to talk about that, too. But later, because right now it's still hoax o'clock. But, yeah, the people think he's extremely relatable in American history. And I think a lot of that is this stuff, mm-hmm. is hoax things. He's got a really good sense of humor, and it's really obvious, whereas, yeah. like, a lot of uh, 
And like written in such a way that like like the satirical stuff that really like transcends uh, time periods, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Whereas like some of their older jokes, it's like I can't even read this. Like, what does this <laughs> yeah. say? Yeah, exactly. Whereas like he's jabbing f- like fun at things that even now like we're still talking about. They mm-hmm. are like issues throughout time, and so I'm like, good for you. <laughs> yeah. They really transcend time. Uh, and then the rest of them are just like him being a joke master, and you're just like, well, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. The American consciousness loves a a, a pucky trickster. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's in that like Mark Twain category of just like wise old fun man. Yeah. Anyway, um, at sixteen, he's trying to get an apprenticeship at his older brother's print shop in Boston, and they published the New England Courant. E-O. I don't know what corrent means. Corrent. C-O-U-R-A-N-T. Corrent. Sounds like a fruit. It does. <laughs> so I'm not sure what it is. It's a corrent. No, what is uh, it? Represented at running. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Who cares? So his brother, James Franklin, who you've never heard of, <laughs> owns or like works at this place. And Benny Franks is a plucky 16-year-old, and he wants to work there. And James is like, no, you're a tiny boy, and I won't let you work here. (laughs) You're Uh, just the tiniest boy. And it's like, this is the most brotherly thing I've ever heard of, of your, like, younger brother being like, hey, can I work at your place? And he's like, no. Mm -hmm. Like, I go here to get away from you. And also, I don't think your writing is very good. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like my parents. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Sad, tiny, <laughs> wah, wah. tiny violin <laughs> Self-depreciating humor. Uh, anyway, uh, James Franklin, it says, wasn't supportive of Ben's writing ambitions and rejected every piece he submitted. <laughs> so rude. Big stamp of no uh, on top. It's so rude. So, in order to get published uh, and to prove his brother wrong, Franklin writes a letter to the editor under a pseudonym, Miss Silence Do Good. Oh. How do you not immediately know that's fake? Mm-hmm. Silence do good? Like, it's not even a good pseudonym. No. What? And he slips it under the door at night so they don't know who it's from. Uh, James uh, reads the letter, and it's a middle-aged widow's social commentary <laughs> that he thinks mm-hmm. is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so in 1722, he prints 14 do-good letters. <laughs> 14 of them! Yeah, see, it was good. Uh-huh. It's just you had a bias because he was your little brother. Mm-hmm. And so uh, people really like the letters when they're reading them in a paper. And apparently multiple bachelors send marriage proposals for her. Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. <laughs> to Benjamin Franklin, yeah, like, who's a 16-year-old boy. Can we marry you? <laughs> Can we oh. marry Just Benny Franks getting all the boys to the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then Benjamin Franklin, he tells uh, his brother that he's silenced do good, and James is not amused. No. He's pretty mad. It was you, I banished thee. <laughs> yeah, like, because <laughs> I, think, I think Benny thought that if he did that, then his brother would be like, oh, you are good, I'll give you a job, and instead he's just oh. mad because he got tricked. Yeah. He's like, I hate this kid. Go away. <laughs> I hate you even more. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But it is the exact type of thing a teenage boy's like, this is going to get me what I want. And then he's like, go away, you're terrible. Now you'll be forced to love me and accept my talents. <laughs> and he's like, I hate you. You're a tiny monster. Get out of here. <laughs> you little rat, get out of here. No. Um, I think not. 
but I have a quote that says, but we all know who got the last laugh. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, you, have you ever heard of James Franklin? If you say James Franklin, Google's going to be like, did you mean Benjamin? <laughs> or it's going to be like, you mean Benjamin's brother, James? <laughs> I didn't even know like, he had siblings. Like the Hanson brother that you looked up the other oh day. Oh my gosh, I looked up a Hanson brother. It didn't even say like, like Zach Hanson or something. Yeah, it was Zach. It was Zach, and it listed him as, well, let me look it up. Yeah, do it again. It's so cruel. <laughs> it's very bad. Like, Zach is in the Hans- like in Hanson. He's one of the Hanson <laughs> brothers in the band. So when you look up Zach Hanson, you just Google him, his, like, little byline under yeah. his name is, he's his, he's famous. What's this what he's famous yeah. for? Yeah. Is being Taylor Hanson's brother. <laughs> <It's> so mean. <laughs> First of all, what about the other brother? There's, Zach's in the band. There's three of them. Second of all, he's in a band. That's so rude. He's not famous for being related to someone. I get that maybe one of them is more famous than the other ones, but it is mean. Oh, my God. And if you looked up James Franklin, it would say Benjamin Franklin's brother. What does it say for the other ones? I don't know. What does it say for uh, the third one? Oh, for Isaac Hansen, it also says Taylor Hansen's brother. That's so rude. What does it say for Taylor? Probably like Hansen. American. T- he's an American musician. I thought you say American hero. <laughs> American oh, yeah, only hero. him. American hero Taylor Hansen. Oh my gosh, he's so old. Whatever. Jordan Taylor Hansen. Oh, I don't care. Anyway, this has been our Hanson Brothers. <laughs> Sidebar. Sidebar. Anyway, so uh, I said, but we all know who got the last laugh. Ben Franklin moved to Philadelphia and founded Poor Richard's Almanac 10 years later while the Corrent folded in 1726. Yeah, I never heard of the Corrent. We're like, what the is that? The New England Corrent. We literally don't know what the word means. Something about running. <laughs> who cares? Like courier, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the first edition of Poor Richard's Almanac, which honestly, I think Benjamin Franklin just made up so that he could just write jokes. Yeah. I don't think it was really for anything else. Yeah. It just, he had to put stuff in there that was useful in order for people to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then they'd read the jokes. But that's how he stands apart from the other almanacs is he's got jokes. He's got jokey jokes. You get accurate farm facts and also jokes. Which feels so, it's so modern. It's like. That's the only reason people buy Snapple, yeah. right, is for the little joke. Yeah, unders. or like Laffy Taffy and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's the only reason people buy those. It's brilliant. They just want the little joke. <laughs> they just want a little jokey joke. Uh, so the first edition is published in 1733, and uh, it, uh, the first edition starts a prank <laughs> that's going to be for a while in uh-huh. Poor Richard's Almanac. Yeah. Um, because there is another Almanac publisher that is named Titan Leeds. That's that can't be. <laughs> that is his name. That cannot be his name. And he's an astrologer. No. A competing almanac publisher and a frenemy of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> How fun would that be? Oh, amazing. To be Benjamin Franklin's frenemy. Just the best thing. It's better than being his friend. <laughs> better than sex with him. Yeah. Probably. Probably. And you wouldn't get it's 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 like prank mind sex with Benjamin Franklin. There's like no way he ended his life like not with syphilis. There's nothing better. There's like no way. Who Benjamin Franklin? Yeah, uh, I don't know how um, the odds of him not <laughs> contracting syphilis seem so astronomical. I mean, it's small. possible that he got it. I don't have any information about that. Yeah. Uh, under the pseudonym Poor Richard Saunders, mm-hmm. uh, Franklin predicted Leeds' death oh. and encouraged readers to stick around to see if oh. he was right. Oh, my gosh. 
What a good friend of me. But the feud sold pamphlets for both of them, right? Because now people are like, I got to read Tide and Lead, what he's got going on, yeah. right? Because you want to you know both. And I was like, so it's good for him. Mm-hmm. So it's it, that's like it's friend of me. It's like he doesn't hate him. Yeah. It's just like he's he's throwing shade at him and being like a little douche. Yeah. This is when he's going to die. <laughs> Tune in to Tune find in. out. <laughs> Tune in. It's so mean. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, entirely non-consequential, because uh-huh. it's like, even if he doesn't die, whatever. Americans love that. Uh, so the next year, so he says he's going to die that year. Mm-hmm. The next year, the almanac is printed with an obituary for Leeds, oh. even though he's still alive. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Rip Leeds. He's like, I'm, I'm right here. This is an office-level prank. Yeah. Like, Jim, like, <laughs> being like convincing the whole office to pretend Dwight's dead. Like, yeah. I wish they did this. And, like, printing a real obituary in the paper, and Dwight's like, oh, sometimes I can still hear his voice. I'm right here. Right. And he's like, oh. I'm And here. they have, like, a vigil for him. Oh, my gosh. That would have been such a good prank. Why yeah. didn't they call me? Because the show's over. When they come back, and I feel like call they will. Me. Call me. So, yeah, they print an obituary for him, even though he's still alive, and say that the man claiming to be him is an identity oh thief. Oh, my gosh. Identity theft is not a joke, Titan. <laughs> identity theft is not a joke, Titan. Titan. With quotations, if that is your real name. It's not. You probably killed Titan. You killed him. You stole kill his identity. Him. Yeah. It's not a joke. <laughs> it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. A really I love it. People are like, he's not dead. He's right there. And he's like, no, he's fake. That one's an imposter. <laughs> I was right. The real one's dead. <laughs> oh, gosh. When Leeds actually dies in 1738, Saunders commended the imposter for ending the prank once and for all. Oh, my gosh. That's so He cool. is not pulling punches, my dude. <laughs> Um, Good for you, honorable death. But so we know, uh, we can't give all the credit to Benjamin Franklin because this is a hoax that was inspired by Jonathan Swift, who used the pseudonym Isaac Bickerstaff to pull an enduring April Fool's joke on astrologer John Partridge in 1708. And he did essentially the same thing. Yeah. So it's not a new joke, but it's still a good joke. (laughs) It's fine. Borrow from the people who are doing really good Mm -hmm. and make it your own. Make it your own. That is um, the sign of the most famous people in history. Yeah, it's a great time. Or like also, the most famous artists, anyway. Hoaxes.org is a great website for hoaxes. <laughs> However, <laughs> I mean, I should hope. You so. would hope. However, they severely depressed me because I have to report that a previous thing we said in an episode I learned from that website is a hoax. And that was the my episode about the Paris Olympics, uh-huh. that there was a poodle clipping event. <laughs> Apparently, that's a hoax. Uh, which is sad. So they, there was never a poodle clipping event? There's no information that there was. Mm. And apparently somebody made that up in an article, and it just gets circulated around that people think it's real. Like, they were like, the craziest events that could have happened at the Olympics or something. Oh, sure. Like that. Um, but, like, I'm pretty sure most of the other ones are real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's still lots of nonsense happening at those Olympics. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like it's impossible that that could have happened. You, you believed it. Yeah. That's I the mean, thing. <laughs> they're plausible. It was a good hoax. Um, and so just, you know, just so everyone knows. A good lie. Got to update you guys. Just call it I a lie. I learned that that was fake. But the, all the rest of it is real. And I'm still going to believe it just because it's fun. It doesn't hurt anything <laughs> for me to imagine them doing poodle shearing competitions. <laughs> Somewhere out there they do. Yeah. Dog groomers definitely have a oh, poodle shearing. Oh, they've got to. And especially in France. Come on. Yeah. That's their favorite dog. 
Uh, anyway, in 1747, um, Franklin publishes something called The Speech of Miss Polly Baker. Mm-hmm. People really think this is a true story when it happens. <laughs> it is not. Um, in The General Advertiser, which is apparently a paper. Uh, they got a lot of them back then. They do. Too many, one would say. Uh, and in it, there's a woman who goes to trial for having an illegitimate child, uh, a crime she's committed four other times. Oh, Polly. Um, Polly Pocket. Polly Baker. And she wonders why the men involved are never punished. I mean, that's fair. In her, in, in yeah. her like, <laughs> statements in court. They're the irresponsible ones. Um, I have a quote that says, Franklin perfectly balanced humor, sex, and sympathy to both entertain readers and challenge the double standard. While many people believed Miss Baker's story was true, it was, in fact, only partially inspired by true events. Franklin himself had a son out of wedlock. Mm. Um, And there's a lot of speculation, right, about his son and who the mother is of his son. Um, And he never says who she is. And I think... Like, this story is kind of supposed to communicate why, because it is a crime at the time for women to have illegitimate children. Mm -hmm. And so if he says who she is, she's going to get punished. Yeah. So he just doesn't ever say. He just dies without saying who she is. (laughs) And I'm like, probably his son knows who she is, Mm -hmm. um, but he's, like, trying to protect her. Right. Uh, And that's one of the things about Benjamin Franklin that a lot of people at different time periods will say, like, bad things about him. But then I read stuff like that, and I'm like, I mean, that clearly has to be what he's doing, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he doesn't say that's what he's doing. But, like, with this story plus what he does, it really, to me, speaks like, I don't want her to get in trouble for this. Yeah. It's not her fault. And then he, like, takes care of his son, Mm -hmm. raises him himself, you know? like. So that it's like you couldn't possibly know who she is. And she just gets to go live her life. And I'm like, that's like the best uh, illegitimate child, like, you know, baby daddy story that's ever happened. Right. <laughs> that he's just like, no, I'll do it. You oh, go, yeah, I'll do you it. go live your life. Mm-hmm. I want a son. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, how nice. <laughs> and I think it's things like that that really make people be like, he's a modern American. And it's like, he's just like a nice, respectable man mm-hmm. <laughs> who's like doing the right thing no matter what the law is. <laughs> right. Good for you. Good for you. Spreading pranks and raising boys. <laughs> we love you. So he doesn't come clean about that story, um, being the author of it, because it's anonymous. No one who knows who the author is. Right. But eventually he tells people in 1777 that he's the <laughs> author of it, which is like 30 years later. That's, yeah. <laughs> How did that even come up? You were really busy in 1777. <laughs> while he's in France, he admits to it, while he's being an ambassador. <laughs> when he's an ambassador? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that, like, maybe he brought it up or let somebody was talking about how they'd read it and it was funny. And he's like, that was me. Yeah, I, I did that. That was me. He was like... In his cups. Yeah. Had his fur hat. I was like, I definitely did that. Oh, that's me. That was me. Uh, He's old by then. He just admits <laughs> to stuff. It's true. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. No one's going to be mad about it. Whatever. You're in France. What are they going to do? What are they going to do to me? Uh, long before The Onion, my quote says, in 1782, Benjamin Franklin published a fake supplement to the uh, Boston Independent Chronicle. So it just says supplement to the Boston Independent Chronicle, which makes people think it's published by the Boston Independent Chronicle. And it sure ain't. <laughs> no. Uh, 
this one isn't just about fun, though, uh, because he's hoping that it'll get sympathy from British citizens for the Americans who fought in the Revolutionary War mm. in time for peace negotiations. There you go. Because it's 1782. Mm. So he's hoping to get some good feelings about Americans over there some by being like, feels. the British officers who are here are doing bad things, mm-hmm. and you should be upset about it. Like, for the, the British public should be upset. Yeah. Who's never been here. Which, honestly, not a bad plan. Mm -hmm. Um, So he writes a story and specifically says, well, sensationalism sells. So (laughs) he gets the most terrible, bogus story he can think of, which is that uh, he writes a grisly letter detailing how the British employed Native Americans to scalp colonists. Uh, And I read somewhere else that he said that they were importing the scalps to England. Ooh. Mailing them. Just back home. (laughs) Here you go. Trophies. Authentic. Right. Um, And obviously the British are like, what? (laughs) Like British citizens are incredibly disturbed by this, Uh obviously. Um, Because, you know, like as much as we're having a fight and a problem, there's... They still consider us British citizens at yeah. the time. And mm-hmm. so, like, we're kind of the same people. We're just, like, being rowdy. Mm-hmm. But they don't think we should be being scalped <laughs> and, like, they should be trophies being kept. That's like, too far. It's a little gross and kind of terrible. <laughs> we can kill them, but don't, like, scalp and send the bits back. Ugh. That's grisly. Well, and, and I think it's too, like, the British don't want the... Uh, it's not in their country, and I think they don't want it in their country. No. So the fact that there's, like, the idea that they're sending remnants back is, like, nasty to them. But they're mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. This needs to stay over there. I don't like that people are bringing anything over here from that. Yeah. That's not cool. And so, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what he writes. And uh, it does get back to England. People are bothered. Uh, and... No one knows it's a hoax until more than 70 years later, which is after Franklin is dead for a while. How do they figure it out? Um, I don't know. I think they, like, find something in his writings or something that he mm-hmm. did it. Or, like, the Boston Independent Chronicles, like, this isn't us. <laughs> we not involved. Listen, we thought you would figure it out. We haven't. This isn't us. I don't know who that is. <laughs> that it was like, it's Benjamin Franklin. I wondering, like, if England's like, there are no scalps. Where are the scalps? Yeah, right. It's like, there are ways to prove <laughs> that that's false. And the Native Americans are like, that's gross. We wouldn't do that. That is racist. We would, yeah, we're not going to help them get scalps. We keep them for ourselves if we want. I worked for that scalp. <laughs> I'm keeping it. What a great industry that could have been. <laughs> a little cottage industry. And we're not saying that all Native Americans scalp people. We're just saying if they do it, they deserve to keep it. Right. That's your, that's your hard <laughs> that's work. That's your own situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, So there's an essay he writes called An Economical Project for Diminishing the Cost of Light, which you Mm. might have heard of, uh, which was published in the Journal de Paris in uh, April 1784, where Franklin suggests that the French could conserve 64 million pounds of candle wax if they woke up at sun or with the sun in springtime. Mm -hmm. So he's like, if you would just get up when the sun come up, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You save a whole bunch of money. And he hilariously proposed firing cannons and ringing church bells as a sort of unavoidable alarm clock, <laughs> as my quote says. State-sanctioned uh, get-up alarm. Get up! Yeah, that's going to re- do real good in France at this time. <laughs> They're going to love that. <laughs> it's 1784. Um, and then it says, it was a preposterous idea until it became reality. Oh, God. Um 
and it says today the joke's on us because a New Zealand a New Zealand New Zealand a New Zealander a New Zealander entomologist named George Vernon Hudson proposed daylight savings time and uh, in 1895 so mm. is and which is essentially the same idea but it is like 150 years later so uh, I think they're just saying, like, it's funny how at the time everybody's like, ah, that's a crazy joke. And then now we're like, no, we should do that. We should do that. No, that makes sense. That's a good idea. And there are a few things that Franklin does like this, uh, even if they're not true, even if it's a joke, that, like, it inspires someone to do something good with it. That's fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, real quick, I want to talk about the kite situation. Oh, yeah. Um, which is almost positively fake. Mm-hmm. Of him, like, and I don't even know if he even said this is the other thing. Like, it is contributed to Franklin that he did an experiment with a kite and a key to prove that lightning was electricity. Um, I don't even know how it proves it, really, except for I guess that metal conducts it. It doesn't entirely make sense to me what it even would prove. But... Um, People obviously talked about it a lot. There's a lot of things. Like, if you have a very, very rudimentary understanding of who Benjamin Franklin is, that's often something that people bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of like his, like, cherry tree yes, shopping story. exactly. Uh, and, like, his I cannot tell a lie Abraham Lincoln story. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there's the whole kite and key thing and, like, whether or not his son is there. There's a famous painting of him and his son, which they're like, why would he include him when he could die? <laughs> why and he's he his there? only son. But, like, almost positively not a real thing. And probably right. Franklin didn't even claim to do it. Like, No, he did a lot of other experiments with electricity. Sure. Like, very—he was really into the kind of early science of the stuff. He uh-huh. made some, like, primitive batteries. Yeah. He was super into that. Yeah. I don't know about the kite story. No, no, no. That's not that real. That sounds like he would just die. Yeah. And it's like, maybe— Somebody, like, made a joke about it, and he made up a story about it. Or maybe he did say that as a story, but as we've proven, he lies a lot in his stories. A lot of stuff is a joke. And so it's like, it, if it was even something he said, it was probably a joke. Um, and people just aren't very good at telling <laughs> when he's telling a joke. But I read something that said that Galvani uh, heard about that. And then he was like, ooh, that's a cool idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. We've talked about like, Galvani, if you haven't listened to that. Yeah. Episode, go listen and to that it, it like, uh, it inspired him to, like, spend more time on it. And then he discovers that it is a thing and oh, works with muscles and makes stuff. Makes the frogs dance with yeah. his neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> makes the frog legs dance. Uh, very gross. But, uh, like, it's kind of, it feels very, like, Napoleon-y to me almost. And it's like, Franklin, like, has this fake thing that he does and then inspires someone to do, like, a real useful good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that people are like, oh, wow, that's helpful. Um, and same with Daylight Savings Time. That it's like, haha, isn't that funny? And then they're like, that's a great idea. <laughs> what if we mm, did that? We should do that. And I have no idea if George Vernon Hudson knew about Franklin writing that, but... At the very least, I'm assuming the idea was in the consciousness because of that. Yeah. So 25 days before he dies Mm -hmm. in 1790, (laughs) uh, he decides to write a letter to the Federal Gazette uh, written under the name Historicus. Oh, gosh. Okay. (laughs) And uh, he relates a fictional tale of Sidi Mehemet Ibrahim, um, who's an Algerian potentate. Potentate? Potentate who fought for the enslavement of Christians by Muslims in the late 1680s. Okay. It's not, and none of this is real. Uh, yeah. Um, 
The tyrants' inhumane pro-slavery arguments just so happen to echo those made by anti-abolitionist <laughs> congressman yeah. James Jackson of Georgia. Yeah, it doesn't, like, feel as good when it's white people. <laughs> yeah, That's my, it. My quote says, touche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and it says, Franklin didn't live to see slavery abolished, but we'd be kidding ourselves if we said he had nothing to do with it. Um, and I think, you know, once again, he's like, clearly has very... Uh, what we would consider, especially at the time, very liberal views about how things should be. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of also why people think he's, like, very modern feeling. Because they're like, well, look, he's, like, uh, you know, he's pro-women's rights over here. He's anti-slavery over here and just, like, willing to— And, like, obviously he's doing this under a pseudonym, so he's not saying it himself. But I'm like, probably people know Mm -hmm. that it's him. Like, they can tell by his writing style. They know what kind of person he is. And obviously they figured out that it was him (laughs) somehow. Um— but, like, he's expressing pretty, like, liberal views about things. Yeah. And, like, uh, yeah. there's there's a letter I'm going to talk about in a bit or, like, a story he writes that's, like, how bachelors can find the perfect woman or something, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, the most stereotypical sexist things, <laughs> right? And then people are like, see, he's sexist. And I'm like, it's a joke. It sounds like it's a joke. It's a joke. Like, what are you talking about? Um, so it's also very interesting just over time whether or not people are taking his satirical nature seriously or not. Sure. And I'm like, of all the people to take seriously, <laughs> Benjamin Franklin. Really? This one? What? This one? This guy? Mm-hmm. The guy that all of the other founding men were like, we can't let him write anything. <laughs> I was going to say, people say that a lot. I couldn't find an actual quote where anyone, like, wrote that or said that uh, expressly, but I do believe it. Uh, <laughs> if you listen to all this, why would they let him have a pen? No. He was going to put jokes in it, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, subtle, sneaky jokes, so you could be like, later, people will think this is funny. Uh, or at the very least, he was going to be way too liberal with it. Yeah. So, nope. He wants to, like, <laughs> set the slaves free or give women rights or something, right. and we're not ready for it. And then, and, and so now in my mind, him and Governor Morris are just, like, real good friends, just chilling together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hell yeah. The world isn't ready for you, babies. Nope. Old man and peg leg just having a good time. <laughs> Bifocals and peg leg, Mm -hmm. the the America's dream duo. That, you know, might or might not be true, but it's not the most danger that he is to America. Um, I I mean, even if they didn't say it, you have a very prolific writer in the room who's written more than most of the people in there. Probably. And uh, he wasn't suggested. He's not even on the list. And there's a reason why they didn't. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, and you know and you know some, why because I just told and you. And you know why. Everyone, Since he was a 16-year-old boy he's been pulling pranks. <laughs> Everyone knows why. And he did it up until 25 days before he died. <laughs> he never stopped. Whole life. He could not be stopped. Um, but the, his biggest issue for America is he is a security risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so while he's in France... It, uh, trying to get support for the revolution, right? And like, like you said, like 1777 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Continental Congress sends him there uh, to Paris in what they call the commission. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the commission, they have a merchant named Silas Dean, a lawyer named Arthur Lee, and Benjamin Franklin, who's the leader of the group. Okay. Because he's going to, you know, sweet talk the French into helping us out. 
Uh, but also not bad idea to have a merchant and a lawyer <laughs> present either. <laughs> and we need to send a lawyer. Yeah, just so we're cool. Definitely a lawyer. Uh, I have a quote that says, They set up shop in the City of Lights and started rubbing elbows with French politicians, buying weapons, commissioning European supply ships, and churning out pro-American propaganda. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to hang out with us? And they loved him. Oh, yeah. He was like rambunctious and uh, sexual. Yes. And he had that, like, colonial, like, rusticness uh-huh. that was right. furs so, and things. So exotic they to love. them. Right. And he, yeah, he's incredibly <laughs> sociable, like, gregarious. Um, he's very funny. He's very charming, um, like, romantically and just personable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, like, everything that the French like, he is. He's, like, exotic in the way they like, and he's, like, familiar in the way they like. Yeah. So it's brilliant, really. <laughs> yeah, for a British citizen, he's, like, the best you can get. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and, he's I, like, and he doesn't want to be a British citizen, which makes him yes. better. Uh, and, ah. and like like I said, one of the things they say a lot in this, you know, is they'll be like, Benjamin Franklin is the first American, or he's, like, the most American founding father we have. And I'm like, this is what makes him American, is that he's, like, he's like raunchy and, like, making <laughs> the jokes and, like, yeah, British people suck. And then, like, you know, just being a goof. He's got that, like, and sexy, <laughs> wacky. Yahoo hat man. Right. Energy. Like it's all and it's all like liberty, freedom, say what you want, don't worry about the church, don't worry about the rules. And like mm-hmm. and the French, you know, burgeoning on their own revolution are all about this. They're like, yeah. They're let's like invite do him that. to every salon and let's talk about it, my dude. Let's do it. While I can flirt with him. Mm-hmm. Um Unfortunately, though, their commission headquarters aren't secure. Uh, They leave secret (laughs) papers lying around all over the place, it Uh, says. Yeah. And Franklin discusses highly classified manners or matters out in the open. Mm -hmm. Um, And the commission is not only those three men I mentioned, but they also have a secretary, uh, of course. And his name is Dr. Edward Bancroft. Okay. (laughs) Just sounds evil in general. Yeah. He sounds like he should own a bank, really. Mm -hmm. Bancroft. Bancroft. And he's a friend and protege of Franklin. He's a chemist. And uh, Franklin apparently sponsored him for induction into the British Royal Society. So he thinks he's the shizniz. Oh, my gosh. Um, He's also a British spy. Oh. (laughs) He's Franklin's personal secretary. And Franklin loves him. Oh, my gosh. A lot. He's a spy. Um, And everybody is cool with him except Arthur Lee, who is the lawyer, who's like, I don't think he's cool, my dude. He keeps asking things. He tells Franklin that he suspects that Bancroft's a traitor. Mm -hmm. And Franklin uh, is like, shut up. I love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's my son. (laughs) Shut up. Pretty much. Never look at me or my son again. Well, he doesn't really like Lee. So he's just like, leave me alone. You're stupid. Get out of my face. Whatever. Stupid lawyer man. Meanwhile, Bancroft is reading all the classified documents and taking notes with invisible ink. Um, dead dropping to pass the info all under Franklin's <laughs> nose. totally happening. Yeah. Oh, no. He's my son, and I love him. <laughs> he could kill my entire family, and I'd love him. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> uh, we can arrange that. That's, right. Yeah, we can do that. If you hurt Bancroft, I'll kill everyone in this room and then myself. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and, and people wouldn't know that he was a spy until uh, 70 years after Bancroft died. Ooh, wow, that's a very good spy. Uh, and it says... Well, no one except Arthur Lee. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's right, Arthur. But he'd tell him what's up. Did he know or did he su- just suspect? I mean, he told Franklin that he thought he was, 
like a spy, which makes me think maybe he didn't know, but like he kind of knew, right? Like you wouldn't bring it up to him when he, mm-hmm. you know, he's like in love with this kid unless you were like pretty sure. So I'm like, I think he's just paying more attention to the documents and like that when things are missing and yeah. like that Bancroft's just acting shady. Yeah. And then Franklin's like, no, I love him. And I'm like, you're too drunk here anyway. You're not paying attention to him. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Arthur's like, I got to focus on my job. There is the job <laughs> we have to do. And it isn't just sleeping with French ladies. <laughs> Come on. So, f- <laughs> And being rotund and adorable. <laughs> being rotund and adorable. Uh, speaking <laughs> of rotund. Nasty old man. Uh, so Franklin... Despite being what people say is the quintessential American, Franklin also lived in London for 16 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, He rented out several rooms on the first floor of a Georgian house on 36 Craven Street. Of course he did. Craven. Uh, And spent his days visiting famous friends, marching up and down the stairs for exercise. He's doing his own Stairmaster. His little Stairmaster. And puttering around his lab. (laughs) I love puttering. Doing little experiments. Oh, a little putter boy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's here that Franklin finished his lightning rod, worked on his famous stove, and took his air baths, which if you don't know, is uh, he thought air circulation was good for the Mm -hmm. human body. Mm -hmm. So he'd open his windows, Mm -hmm. strip down naked, and sit in the open, soaking up the cool air, my quote says, while horrified neighbors gouge their eyes out. Yeah. Which, I don't want to sh- body shame him, but I do appreciate that this article is body shaming him. Yeah. They never body shame men. And I'm like, I appreciate Especially this. Especially when they're old men. Old, fat, old, fat Nasty men. men who are naked and all the windows are open. If anyone should be body shamed. <laughs> Well, especially in the 1700s, that's not chill. Like, that's, no. you, like, you are going to... Like, make a, a few ladies faint, <laughs> and then men are going to come beat you up about it. Uh, yeah, and, like, part of me is, like, gross, but part of me is also, like, that's hilarious and yeah. good for you. Uh-huh. And it's stuff like this that that feels very modern, right, of a thing to do. And then people are like, yeah, he's like me. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that when I'm alone. I'm all naked in my house. Yeah. I agree. The second everyone's out of the house, I take off my pants. That's what we do. There's a whole Friends episode about that where Rachel's like, ooh, naked in the apartment. And then she's dancing. And then Ross is across the way and is like, oh, she wants to have sex with me. And I'm like, you're the dumbest man in the world. <laughs> uh, she literally man. doesn't know you're there. Yeah. Stupid. Anyway, um, in 2003, so we're skipping forward a little. Wow, he is old by now. (laughs) Yeah. He's a vampire. He is a vampire. Um, Friends of Benjamin Franklin House, this is the name of their group, Mm -hmm. uh, wanted to restore his old London home and turn it into a museum. Fair. Okay. Quite recently, too. I'm like, oh, did it just go up for sale? And so they get there, and they're checking it out. And they were working in the windowless basement, my favorite place to be. Oh, yeah. Um, And they found the chopped up remains of 15 human bodies. Mm Mm-hmm. Just chilling. (laughs) You know. Um, There were mutilated leg bones, uh, trepanned, or trepanned, I think it's trepanned, skulls, Mm -hmm. so they had the hole in them. Yeah. Uh, They found the skeleton of an elderly man and the bones of an infant, all buried in a hole one meter, three feet deep, and one meter wide. I bet if you looked at the basements of most houses <laughs> in London, there'd probably be a little bone pit. There's probably lots of bones in there. I mean, 
It's an old city. Sure. They're old. Sure. Same same with Paris and like Rome and Berlin and right. stuff. Yeah, there's Bo. Who doesn't Ooh, well. have who doesn't have <laughs> a bone pit? Come on, my dude. Come on, who doesn't century. have a bone pit? Um But so I have I have a quote that says, Weirder still, they all dated back to the seventeen hundreds. <laughs> uh so it was Benjamin Franklin and eighteenth century Jack the Ripper. I mean he might have have been doctoring. Um, actually, he's not even involved. Yeah. Um, I mean, more likely, he's just not involved. Yeah. It says, that while that'd make a great novel, uh, the real culprit is probably a young guy named William Hewson. And no, he's not a murderer either. Uh, he's a scientist who ran his own anatomy school in Franklin's basement. And I guess, actually, his mother owned that house. So it's in his mother's basement, which is less cool than it being in Franklin's That's basement. That's hilarious. In your mom's basement. I'm running experiments in my mom's Mom. basement. Oh, not even uh, his mom. It's his mother-in-law. Oh, wow. Worse. It's my mother-in-law's basement. It's like, have you cleaned up those bodies? Get a job, Houston. These bodies are my job. Support my daughter. (laughs) You need to be a better husband. (laughs) Digging around in bodies all day is not being a good husband. (laughs) So I'm like about... This is, like, our last thing, and then I'm going to get to the sex stuff. But we're, uh, like, almost at an hour, so we might do this just as a two-part oh, situation yeah. like we did with Gateau. We're all upload both of the parts at the same time, so we're not going to do intros and outros for both. But Because I want to get all of it in. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's worth two full parts for two different episodes. And I want you to all have all the information on the Independence Day. All of it. All of it. Have a good day. <laughs> but anyway, so Houston uh, is... Probably getting grave robbers to snatch corpses, so he's probably not killing them, although he could be. He could be. And we've already talked about murderers who Mm -hmm. do it to sell bodies, so he also (laughs) might be doing it indirectly by buying them from people who are murdering people. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Good for you. And uh, He's helping the economy, Yeah, it's great. But he... uh, but I guess Franklin would sometimes attend his uh, anatomy lectures mm-hmm. uh, that he was giving to people. Uh, but Houston unfortunately died of blood poisoning after nicking his finger during a dissection. Idiot. So, there you go. <laughs> not a very good doctor. Not really good. <laughs> not, not like a super good doctor. Yeah. 